Turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 6. You're probably getting tired of hearing me say that. but Just a couple more comments on verses 17 and 18, and maybe we'll start chapter 7. So. Um, but I'm going to read verse, verses 17 and 18 in, in chapter 6, and then just a few comments, like I said. Um, Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you, and I will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. And we, I know we talk, we've talked about separation the last several weeks, and, and last week we talked about how God desires for us, I mean, we are his children, and he desires for us to, I'll say it this way, for us to live as he expects his children to live, and, and for us to honor him as we should, since he is our heavenly father. But the thing, I, I thought about how that, you know, it's a, it's a privilege. I mean, and, and I think sometimes I just, uh, I lose sight. I'm just going to be honest because, because I'm human, I'm not making excuses, but I just lose sight of what a, what a privilege it is to be part of God's family and, and what he's done for me and for all of us that are saved. But, um, you know, he says that he wants to be and will be a father unto you, and you shall be my sons and daughters. And I just, uh, there was a verse back in 1 John I wanted to read. It's in 1 John chapter 3, verse 1. And listen to what the Bible tells us here. It says, Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. And I thought how we've been talking about, you know, separation. And there's a reason that we need to separate, okay? And, but I thought about this verse. There's no higher honor that a person, a man or a woman, a person, a, a human being can have than to achieve or to achieve. I mean, people talk about achieving a lot of stuff, you know what I mean? And it's good to, to be successful, you know what I mean? We're supposed to, we're supposed to work and we're supposed to, to be... Uh, people of good character and things like that but there's nothing higher there's no honor that anybody can receive than to be identified as a child of God through the miracle of the new birth through Jesus Christ I mean there's nothing there's no higher honor okay I mean and I'm talking in terms of God I mean but really when people realize that there was a time when I didn't realize that but I think the Lord I do now there is no higher honor than and folks that are lost don't understand that. But, but you know, by repenting of, of their sins and asking Jesus Christ to forgive them and save them, I mean, there's no higher honor a person can receive than that. Nothing. And the last part of that verse says, Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. And I, I thought how the world and the lost people around us, you know, when we think about separation, they should look at us and they should question. I mean, there should be a question that, that when they see us, when they see how we live, how we act, there should be a question as to how. Why do they act this way? And I don't mean in a bad way, okay? I'm saying, you know, what's different? What's different about us? And what's different about us is the fact that we've got the Holy Spirit, the Lord, living in us, okay? And he's living in us. Now, whether we're letting him live out of us or not, that's the whole thing about separation. And that's really... To me, I thought this, that verse just kind of sums up all this stuff that we've been talking about, about separation. Why we live and conduct ourselves according to, the, to God's word. I mean, it's important. 
I mean, you know, the, the importance of separation is all about that. I mean, you know, I think I mentioned, or maybe I'm getting ahead of myself, I'll just, I'll just hold that thought. But think about that. I mean, like I said, there's no higher honor. And if you go back to Philippians chapter 2, I want to read a couple of verses there. But again, to drive the point home that it is important, you know, it, it's not about us pleasing other people, but it is important that people can see that there's something, that the way that we live, that there's something different about us. I mean, that, that's important. And in Philippians chapter, chapter 2, Philippians verse 13, says this, For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. I mean, his will is, is, is to move upon us so that we live more for him and, and, and are a reflection of him so that people can see that they need him, those that are lost. I mean, it's, it's very basic, but, you know, I just thought, I tell you, I... Studying this week, I mean, this next verse that we get into chapter 7, I'm telling you, it's, it's really hit close to home. And, and, and this, it's just, it's bothered me because I thought about how, how far short where I am, even though I'm saved, where I am in relation to we talk about a holy God who's high and lifted up and reigns in heaven, who created everything, what I am, where I am, who I am, and who he is. And I just thought, you know, how how I take for granted and how I fail so miserably sometimes and, and to honor him and to love him and to serve him the way that I should. And I'm not talking about on, on Sundays and Wednesdays. I'm talking about every day of my life. Sometimes, I mean, I fail him miserably sometimes. And, I, and it bothers me. But, you know, I'm glad it bothers me. <laughs> I'm glad it bothers me. You know, I'm not proud of it, but I'm glad it bothers me. But Philippians chapter 2, like I said, verse 13 says this. It says, for it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Do all things without murmurings or disputings that ye may be blameless and harmless. The sons of God, there's that term again, the sons of God without rebuke. And here's why. In the midst of a crooked and perverse nation among whom ye shine as lights in the world. And I thought, you know, as I read through this and studied it, I thought, you know, is there, is there a light shining out of me? Do people see a light? When they pass me on the street, down at the grocery store, wherever I'm at, do they see something? I mean, you know, or am I one of these people that's going through and just like head down and I got to go and I'm in a hurry and grumbling and, you know, I just, we're to be a light. We're to help people see that they, that they need Christ. But listen here, this is what it says in verse 16. Holding forth the word, holding forth the word of life, that I may rejoice in the day of Christ that I have not run in vain, you know, Paul was pleading with the, with the Philippian church. Look, he said, you know, I mean, he wasn't bragging about what he'd done, but he said, look, I came to you, I preached to you, I've taught you. Don't make that effort in vain, you know. Get, he wanted them to get what he was teaching them and preaching to them. And, you know, when God saved me, he wants me to get more than just salvation. He wants me to get what he has to give to me in terms of being of service to him. So... No, that's exactly right. That's right. So we're to shine as a light in the world to draw those that are lost to Christ. You say, well, I can't witness. Man, just live your life like you love the Lord, and that's a witness. I mean, that's a witness, you know. I mean, so, but it's important, and, and we can't live that way. I'll try to, to wrap it up here on, on verse 18, but we can't live that way 
if we're living just like the world, then if they don't see any difference in how we live compared to how they're living right now and they're lost, then why in the world are they going to want to ever come to church? Why in the world are they going to ever want to even think about what God might have for them? And I mean, why would they? Why would they? I mean, it's pretty, you think about it, and it's really simple when it comes to that. But how important it is, you know, I'm, I'm not telling us this to, to stress us out, but, you know, at the same time, there should be a concern in how I live, a, a major concern. There should be, a, I mean, there should be some level of, um, well, I mean, to me, it all kind of comes back to having a burden for those that are lost, okay? I mean, if I don't really care much about how I witness, and I probably really don't care too much about whether I see people get saved or not, right? I mean, it, it kind of all runs together. So, anyway. All right. Anybody have any comments? I'm going to flip to my starter here. Give me a sec. Maybe. Let me get to the right place. We're going to start in uh, chapter 7, unless anybody has any comments to, on verse 18 or anything, or 17, or anything we've talked about in chapter 6. If, yeah. And, and it's, it's a, you know, it, it is a, well, I'll just put it this way, what Jim said, and we're going to talk about the flesh here, unfortunately, in verse 1. And, and this verse, like I said, has, has kind of wore on me all week and, and longer. But, you know, the flesh is not pleasant. Okay, I mean, it's not. Now that we're saved, we should all recognize and realize that, you know, when we're sitting home by ourselves, just think about it. Our flesh is not pleasant. I mean, there's things that, that come to our minds, there's, I mean, because we're still in it. And it's, you know, and this is, this is not a real, this is not going to be a real uh, popular <laughs> discussion this morning, probably, okay? It's not going to be, I don't think anybody's going to get real stirred up and get excited about it, okay? Because, uh, I don't know, maybe this was just for me, but... I put it down, and I'm going to share it. And, and uh, but it, it's it's I think so much. We look at verse one in chapter seven, and we jump to the bottom part. Okay, I'm just going to be honest. It says perfecting holiness in the fear of God, and we say, yeah, I'm I'm working on that. Yeah, well, we don't we skip over or I skip over the part up above, and here's what it says. It says having therefore these promises. You know, Paul's starting off here. He's talking about. He's talking about, okay, all these things we've talked about, about separation, about how these things that I endured, all these things I did, how God brought me through these things, all these things. He said, now, having considered all these things and, and, and being taught about them, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. You know, again, talking about all these promises we talked about in chapter 6. And Peter tells us in 2 Peter 1.4 that God has redeemed us and given to us exceeding great and precious promises. Exceeding great and precious promises. Now, I know you something about salvation, but there's a whole lot more exceeding great and precious promises once we're saved that God wants to give to us. So because of the promises, we should seek and desire to avoid all that is not clean in this world that we live in. You know what? It's, it's not easy sometimes to avoid the stuff, you know, and sometimes we can't avoid it. It's just that simple. I mean, but we don't have to participate in it, okay? And we don't have to lift it up, and we don't have to promote it and all that, all that. but anyway. So there's two parts, okay, that I and we have to keep cleaning, and that's what Paul's telling us here. He's got, there's two things here. He's talking about 
filthiness of the flesh and filthiness of the spirit. And like I said, this isn't real hunky-dory topic this morning, but like I said. So filthiness of the flesh, from what I study, they're those sins that we commit in the body, okay? And things we don't like to talk about, but it happens, okay? Um, we're talking about unholy lusts, uncontrolled desires, inordinate affections, which is engaging, and you say, what's that mean? It's engaging in any type of desire that's immoral or unclean. Anything that doesn't line up with God's word, that's not right. And um, J. Vernon McGee used this word, and I had to, I'll be honest with you, I had to look it up, because I, I thought, man, I don't know, I don't know, I'm not sure what this word is. It's called licentiousness, okay, L-I-C-E-N-T-I-O-U-S-N-E-S-S. And I thought, what does that really mean? I thought it's not going to be anything good, and it means, it means exercising excess liberty. Yeah. Right, that's right. And, that, and, you know, and, that, and that's, that's kind of, I thought about that, and I thought, you know, am I, am I excess, am I excessing, am I exercising in some way the liberty that the Lord's given to me in the life, number one, that he's just given to me? Am I, am I exercising, am I doing those things, am I participating in things, or am I spending time on things, even though he gives me liberty to do it, that doesn't mean that that's really what I should be doing, right? Um, the other thing is filthiness of the spirit, and uh, he called them the secret sins, and I thought it was interesting that the first one he listed, in, in what I was reading under, you know, about what he had to say on this verse, number one was gossip against brothers and sisters. And I thought, wow, man, I mean, he must see that as a, as a potential problem for us as believers. I mean, of course, then the others, pride, vanity, high-mindedness, covetousness, unbelief, you know, all these things that aren't real, you know, they're not good. And, but you know, as I said, I thought, when I sin against God, my heart's not right. My heart's not right. When I sin against him, my heart's not right. And you say, well, what do you mean? I mean, to me, at that moment, I'm loving myself more than I'm loving him. It's that simple. Because I'm choosing to indulge myself in whatever it is more than I am in honoring him in his word. So, I mean, like I told you, this is not a pleasant discussion. But So, the Bible teaches us that the heart is the center of man's thinking. Man's emotions, man's will. You know, all everything that we think. I mean, you think about this. Thinking, planning, desiring, reasoning, our intentions. It all comes from the heart. Now, you may be sitting there saying, no, I, that comes from my mind. Nope. No, it doesn't. The mind triggers, but down here is what drives the mind to trigger is this right here. Okay? I mean, it does. And the Bible teaches us that. From the heart proceed all the actions and motivation of man. Like I told you, this, this really, I spend a lot of time just self-reflection, okay? I'm not going to stand up here and testify, but you know, and, but, but you know what? That's the purpose of God's word, is to show me where I'm failing him, you know what I mean? What things that I'm doing, and I'm not going to stand up here and profess that I did something terrible, okay? I'm just saying, I got plenty of room to improve. And that's what Paul's telling us in these verses. Look, no matter how long we've been in this walk with the Lord, we got to keep cleansing. You know, this morning, it just, the, the thought just popped in my mind as I was getting ready. 
I think I was standing there shaving, and I, and I thought about, I thought about the labor that was outside the temple in the Old Testament. And you say, well, we're, we're not under that. I know that. But you know what was the purpose of that? Before they could go and worship, they had to wash. They had to, cl- they had to clean themselves up before they could go in and worship the Lord. You know what? I can't worship God. I can't, I can't worship Him. I can't praise Him. I can't serve Him the way that He wants me to. Not about me. This isn't about me. Okay? It's about Him. I can't do it that way if I'm not, if I don't continually work on making sure that I'm living right. I mean, it's, and this is a personal thing, okay? I mean, again, so Proverbs chapter 4. Let me share a little bit of a few scriptures that kind of, and this is, you say, man, this is really a depressing lesson this morning. No, to me, I think it ought to be, this is a source of, 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 of strength. This is a source of learning. I mean, you know, for me, anyway, you know, y'all have to take it and chew on it and let the Lord work on you guys the way you, he wants you to. But for me, I'm glad he gives us his word. I probably said that earlier because it, it, it shows me, it shows me more and more. I'll tell you what, I see more and more in this word what I really am. I mean, I see who he is. I mean, he's showing us who he is, but when I read his word and talks about him, I realize, like I said before, what I, where I'm at, the state that I'm really in. Yeah, I'm saved. I mean, I ain't no, I'm not talking about salvation. I'm talking about just man versus God. There ain't no, there, there's a, <laughs> there, there's, no, there's no mix, okay? God is God, and he's holy, and he's lifted up, and man is man, and he's not. And it's that simple. I mean, but I'm telling you, it will, it will help us if we get in it. It will help us. So Proverbs uh, chapter 4, verse 23 says this. It says, keep thy heart with all diligence. And there's a semicolon there. And I just kind of, I mean, I read that and I just kind of sat and, uh, yeah. For out of it are the issues of life, which I already said. I mean, that's where, com- that's where everything from life comes from is out of our heart. Put away from thee a froward mouth and perverse lips. Put far from thee. Let thine eyes, look at, listen to what he says here. Let thine eyes look right on. <laughs> I like this. And let thine eyelids look straight before thee. He's saying, better keep your eye focused on the Lord. That's what he's saying. Keep focused on his word. Ponder the path of thy feet and let all thy ways be established. Turn not to the right hand nor to the left. Remove thy foot from evil. I mean, is that not just good, good? I can't think of the word now that I lost it. Advice. That's not really not what I was looking for. But, but I mean, honestly, when he tells us that, I mean, it's, it's all coming. And the heart is really what, is what gets me in all of this. Mark chapter 7, verse 20 and 20 through 23. Listen to what, this is Jesus himself speaking here. Probably, which one? This coming up? Yeah, probably not. Mark chapter 7, verse 20. This Again, this is Jesus speaking, and it says, and he said, and listen to what he says here, that which cometh out of the man, that defileth the man. You know, I, I think, and I've, and I've said it myself before, that, and I've been wrong, that it's like, you know, we're, we're persuaded to sin by the things around us. No, 
No, we're not. We're persuaded to sin from the evil that's within our heart. That's where we're persuaded to sin from. I mean, that, that's the truth. And that's exactly what Jesus is telling us here. He's saying what, that which cometh out of the man. It doesn't say what went into him and then came back out. It says that which cometh out of the man, that defileth the man. For from within, out of the heart of men, proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lasciviousness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. All these evil things come from within and defile the man. Like I told you, it's not real pleasant, isn't it? But, but that's, what, that's what I said studying this. This is what we are. And you say, well, Greg, you're, you're in bad shape. No, honestly, I mean, that's the flesh. I'm not, I'm not categorizing me and you guys. I mean, I'm, I'm categorizing and talking about what the flesh is versus who Almighty God is. I mean, and, and to me, it's kind of, I think it's eye-opening and, and revealing myself. But, so, there's two cleansings that's got to happen that Paul's telling us about back in, you know, when we started in chapter 7 in verse 1. We're talking about an outward cleansing, which is, the, which is the filthiness of the flesh. And then we're talking about an inward cleansing, which is filthiness of the spirit. You say, well, I'm saved. I understand that. But we still have a nature within us, okay? We still have a nature within us. You know, and, and, I've, and I've heard, I've probably said it in the past, and I, I know I've heard other folks say it, and I've probably said it too. You know, well, God knows my heart. That's good. And God knows more than just our heart. He knows every single solitary piece, <laughs> thought, whatever, okay? He knows everything about us. That's right, which is why we have to work on it. I mean, that's why we have to work on it. And, but, you know, here's the thing. When thinking about separation, okay, and how we're supposed to live. My neighbors don't see my heart, okay? God sees them, okay? I can say, well, God sees my heart, okay? Which, that's not an excuse for me messing up, okay? Or living in some fashion that doesn't line up with God's word, okay? Because my neighbors don't see my heart. My neighbors see what I do, okay? I mean, and, and, there's, and there, it matters. It matters how we live. So the Bible teaches us, it does teach us that God looks upon the heart. I mean, you probably remember that phrase the, or the verse back in, I can't remember if it's first or second Samuel when, when uh, Samuel went to anoint David. Remember? And God told him, said, don't look, God doesn't look on the outward appearance, he looks on the inward, okay? And that's, and that's true. But the things that we do in the places that we go matters, okay? I mean, you say, well, you're repeating yourself. Yeah, I am, probably. But Matthew 12 you want to turn there, and again, this is Jesus speaking in Matthew 12, verse, verse 33 and verse 35. And he says in verse 33 of Matthew chapter 12, uh, either make the tree good and his fruit good, or else make the tree corrupt and his fruit corrupt, for the tree is known by his fruit. I mean, and that's what people see. People see our outward appearance. That's what, I mean, that's all they can see. They can't see inside of us. They don't know what's driving us. But at the same time, back to the verse in Philippians, the way that we live, and in the verse in 1 John, the way that we live, they should question and wonder, hey, well, they don't ever go over there. Or when we go, and when we go out to eat, and 
we drink, they don't ever, I mean, I'm just, look, I'm not knocking, but you know what I'm saying. There are certain ways that, we're, that I'm supposed to live. I'm going to say I, okay? Maybe it'll be better. Y'all, you won't feel like I'm, I'm, I'm teaching to you all. I'll just say I, okay? But... right that's it so that's 33 verse 35 says this a good man out of the good treasure where does it come from of the heart bringeth forth good things and an evil man out of the evil treasure and rest assured it's coming from the heart too bringeth forth evil things so the things we do the places we go how we do the only way that we're going to keep our flesh I'm going to keep my flesh in subjection i got to yield completely to God. That's it. You say, well, do you always do that? Unfortunately not. I'm not going to stand here and tell you I do. Okay? But my goal is to. My goal is to completely yield to him. My goal should be to always completely yield to him. And um, let me see. Hebrews. I know I've got, I've got several verses around, but um, Hebrews 12 Verses 12 through 14. And this is, you know, I, I like this. The subtitle of this, these, these verses 12 through 17, I'm not going to read all of them. I'm just going to read 12 through 14. But the subtitle says the direction of life. And verse 12 says this, Hebrews 12, 12. Wherefore lift up the hands which hang down in the feeble knees. You know, God wants us, he doesn't want us to go through life weak, defeated, feeling sorry for ourselves, he wants us to stand up and he wants us to walk for him. That's what he wants. I mean, that's what his word teaches us. And he says, that's why I'm, I believe that's why he tells us here to lift up the hands while the, which hang down and the feeble knees, make straight paths for your feet, lest, and here's what happens if we don't, lest that which is lame be turned out of the way, but let it rather be healed. He's saying basically, if it's weak, strengthen it. That's what he's saying. And where do we get strength in that? We get strength in his word. It says, follow peace with all men in holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. I don't know about you, but that one kind of stuck with me too. Without holiness, no man is going to see the Lord. I mean, number one, without Christ, no man is going to see the Lord. I mean, but looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you and thereby Many be defiled. You know, that verse 15 bothers me. Look at what it says there. It says, looking diligently, lest any man fail the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you. You know what? If I fail, and if I do it outwardly, and I'm not sorry about it, and, I don't, and, if, I, and if I do something to someone, guess what? That doesn't just affect me and my relationship with the Lord. That affects them. And that's what he's saying right here. He says, thereby many be defiled. We got, you know, I've got to live the way that God wants me to live and not the way that Greg wants to live. It's that simple. I mean, it's that simple. Um, so how do we help our heart? Because that's what I'm talking about here. You say, well, you've been all over the place this morning, but it all comes back to how do we help our heart? And we've got to stay fixed on the Word of God and on Almighty God. I mean, that's the only way. We've got to be in His Word. That's the only way that we can help our heart. Um, that means we've got to make the effort. And here's the thing. You know, when, when God saved us, his Holy Spirit moved in to us, into our heart. Would you all agree with me? 
But would you also agree with me that what he wants is 100% of that space? And, my, and, and with me, if he doesn't have 100% of that space, that's what I'm talking about here. That's where we're trying to help our heart. I'm trying to help my heart. He wants 100% of the space. He wants total occupation, not 50%, not, I don't know what, I'm not, I'm not thinking clear, but I don't know what the percentage of, you know, do the math when you get home, or I will and tell you next week, how many hours we spend in church on Sunday and Wednesday. That's not the percentage he wants, okay? That's not the percentage he wants. He wants 100% of me. That's what he wants. And listen, you say, man, you're, you're just being a, a, a down guy. No, I'm not, because listen, he wants to give us so many things, but in order for him to give them to, me, to us, I got to want them. I got to want them. If I want, this, if I want more of what I want, then that's what I'm going to get. But it's not going to be, it's, not, it's probably not going to be real pleasurable, and it's, I'm sure not going to be blessed by the Lord for living that way. 